Hi, I'm your host, Marlo Lemon, and you're listening to Wild Voice, the podcast where I take this voice of mine and share my wild journey with you. Being widowed at 34 with a 15-month-old, most would see as life-ending, and instead, I alchemized it and put life back together, and it became more beautiful and fulfilling than I could have ever imagined. Through this life shift of mine, I realized who I am and what I'm here to do. I'm an intuitive energy healer, and sharing how I view the world is how I help you upgrade your life and alchemize your journey into magic. From day one, I wanted to share my journey, call it intuition, but I knew it was going to do more good out in the world than keeping it to myself. So when I say I've mastered life, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, or that life is. I mean I've mastered the concept of life, and I want to share that with you. So life update part four. With Nash as the kickoff to the move conversation, and my dad now making his way down the stairs to see what all the commotion was about, Nash bolted from my side and flew around the corner to squeal the same exciting news to my dad. His first reaction was excitement because he thought this meant Nash and I were moving back in with him. He looked at me as Nash corrected him and the deep combos began. Amongst chaos of prepping for my youngest brother Nolan's birthday dinner and people filing in and out from out of town, I could feel myself wanting so badly to get defensive with each question asked. Each push on why this was the right choice. I've learned with time that what others see for me and Nash is genuine and love-filled, but doesn't mean it's the right thing. I haven't gotten where I'm at by continuing to follow what's already been done or doing what others want me to do. I tried that and it didn't work so well. So I pave new paths now. And if it causes people to think twice or they care enough to want to learn more and ask questions, I take it as just that. Someone caring enough to do so and me getting the opportunity to practice finding all the ways my choices are in alignment and ultimately for us, right. There was a human part of me that wanted to scream from the rooftops. Can this be something to celebrate instead of worry about? We know what it's like to be scared and worried and deal with real world heavy shit. And I know this isn't that. Can we just be grateful that this is the sort of thing we get to process and work with? I'll just let you know I got a lot of practice that weekend with emotional mastery and integrating new ways of being and showing up. I was meant to leave the next day on that girl's trip to Arizona with the girls, my besties from college. But with Nash dealing with not feeling good and an ER visit later, I decided to cancel the trip. I was bummed, but as parents know, when your kids aren't doing well, there's a fine line that you know you have to see some sort of reprieve before you feel good enough to be able to go. And I wasn't seeing that from Nash yet. So that weekend turned into a staycation at my parents instead for almost a week. I got some things done that I didn't usually get a chance to living over in paradise, like a bang trim, whole foods, doctor's appointments, dinners out. I also got to have some real one-on-one time with Nash before life changed and who I think needed it the most was my parents. 
staying with them that week, they got to have access to me in a way and bring things up and ask questions where I was right there to answer. They could see the passion and determination in my face. They could hear in my own words why this was right and how we got to this point. And the vulnerable parts of being able to tell them the things I was excited about and things I was naturally a little nervous about. By the end of that week, I could feel the shift. I could feel the support building and I could feel the trusting happening, not only from those around me, but I could feel it in myself with the choices I was making and what we were about to do. What was toughest during that time would be the shifting that was happening within the relationship with the boyfriend. As you've probably gathered by now, we are no strangers to growth. And the growth that was coming up for us at this point was very individual. Yet when we would come together, it would naturally allow us to grow in parts of our relationship as well. That week I was staying at my parents brought up a lot of things for me, and I felt like it was putting strain on our relationship. I've had to learn and still continue to that when there is strain or something that is happening that doesn't feel great, that doesn't mean something really terrible is about to happen. Or that this is that cue that this is the end or something's not right. In relationships, generally there is a balance. And that is why most likely both people aren't dealing with the same thing at the same time. And if they are, normally their levels are different. One person feeling the intensity more than the other. That's to keep someone manning the ship. There are moments you might have had experience with before, where both people are looking for the life preserver at the same time. For me, that week was hard for my desire to connect and feel like we weren't getting that chance, emotionally or physically. We were just being pulled in so many other directions. Majority of our conversations were very technical and businesslike because we were now needing to take action and plan a move and execute it in a short window of time. We were also coming to a tough spot of this limbo we were in. Although we had reprieve that the move was actually happening, I had a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We were both exhausted for different reasons, and my soul self knew enough to see everything that was going on. But my human self was giving in to the overwhelm and the want to just all be in the same place already. Some of my tools and knowings shoot me in the foot as I integrate them, like a carpenter, with a new woodworking tool. They are skilled and ready, but I bet they might cut themselves a time or two while they're figuring out how to use it. I knew there were ways to push through, and I tend to try and be a lone wolf with that and do the work myself. I'm so sensitive to not wanting my shit to be put on someone else that I tend to do that thing I told you about. I try to come to the table perfect and not let a partner in. Less work for them, less of a burden. Another thing that's so backwards. That balance of life also means there is always an even exchange. What I think might be a burden is actually a partner's opportunity to shine or grow from something brought up or it heals something completely unrelated. Once I was able to not have such a perfect moment on the phone, one, I got out what was going on or at least started that process. And two, I allowed the boyfriend to show up, to trust that he is that other piece, that I chose him for a reason, that complement to how I do life in any given moment, which he did. As I'm going back through this and reliving it with you, I'm just really in awe of the massive growth shifts that have happened in such a short period of time. I'm literally thinking about how there is so much more 
that we have processed and worked through and tackled since even these moments I'm telling you about. But you're only a few weeks out to the actual day right now that you guys get to catch up on on our current day-to-day life. So as we continue to make our way through that week and get things arranged for our move, Nash was also starting to feel better. And logistically, we were getting fucking organized. Moving day was just a couple days away. So Nash was able to stay with my parents as I headed back to paradise to get to see the boyfriend after a crazy week and get this packing party started. That week had a slow start as I had that feeling of, where the fuck do I begin? Then in Nash's terms, I shifted into sonic mode and I just started getting shit done. There were moments of pure ease and moments of overwhelm, moments of rushing, slowing down, being exhausted, and feeling like our energy was broken off in a million different directions. My favorite part of it all was the love and support and help from our friends here. To see four guys show up and just help, no questions asked amongst our own life to-dos, was a gift. That sensitive piece of me again, I know, no matter what is going on in our lives, it's all relative. So just because no one else was moving, that didn't mean they didn't have their own life shit to tackle. And here they were. My next favorite part was seeing the pieces all coming together. Seeing our things get put into our new home that we were going to start making memories in. Our next chapter of life. To see the excitement from the boyfriend as each thing got moved in, or to do crossed off the list, getting us a step closer to that reward of all being under the same roof together. The boyfriend was a machine. When it's go time, he goes. I don't tend to go down when shit needs to get done, especially when we have so much on our plate. But by day three, the exhaustion from the last week of sleepless nights with Nash and everything in between, I was crashing hard. And the sweetest part about it all is the boyfriend was the kindest and sweetest, even with the mile-long list of things to get done. He even mentioned to me, taking a break while I had a mama break was what was probably going to be best and needed. I jumped back quickly to get to witness the next most immense heart-filling moment, getting to put Nash's room together with the boyfriend. I would have moments I would just stop and smile. Back in the day, years and years ago, I thought to myself, how sad I would be that I wouldn't find anyone that would care as much about Nash as I did or do, (laughs) or be excited about his milestones, or want to create an amazing life for him. Even from things like putting Super Mario Brother wall decals on his wall, just for the pure joy that would bring him. And here I was getting that. It was a core memory moment for sure. Someone who cares about his happiness, like I do. During the whirlwind of moving, those few days, we got so much accomplished, we were in awe. We still had a long way to go, but we were ready to get our human back, Nash. And we were all so excited. This is what made it feel real. This is what was really going to make this a home, all of us here together. I got Nash from my parents and brought him home and he was so giddy. He was running around the house, checking everything out, ecstatic to see our furniture from our house in Lake Oswego, which had been in storage for the last couple of years. We actually had a dining room table to sit at now and rooms that could hold our stuff and not have it stowed away at a storage unit or hidden in bins in weird spots that would fall on us when we try and access them. He would run from room to room and get lost trying to make his way back to his room. The funny thing is, the way I'm describing our house is through Nash's eyes, 
and to him, he has been used to living on top of one another in spaces over the last two years that were about 600 square feet. So to him, he actually was getting lost. Our rooms being on opposite ends of the house, I warned the boyfriend, would take me a hot second to get used to. But with as much excitement as I had nerves, we had made it. We all were under the same roof. When I picked Nash up from our meat-in-the-middle favorite food spot in wine country from my dad, I grabbed some to-go food and one of each massively large cookie flavor they had. There were about five. The boyfriend was coming back from a shoot out of town and without knowing what either of us got for dinner, picked up his favorite pizza on his way home. Family favorite around here. Pizza and cookies. Even unbaked ones. Cookies, that is. On our drive back, I asked Nash a question, one that my dad asked me. I talked to him and told him how excited we were to have him coming home. And I said, what is something you're excited about? And what is something you're nervous about? Because it's okay to have both. He was quiet for a minute. With the silence, I jumped in and I said, do you want me to go first? And he smiled. Yeah. I said, I am super excited we all get to be under the same roof together and get to evolve being a family. And I'm kind of nervous about how that's going to go and how, and I continued to ramble for a bit as I tried to figure out how to say what I was trying to say in a kid lingo way. And after a long-winded answer, I turned over my shoulder as I was driving and I said, okay, your turn. He smiled and said, I'm excited to live together and be a family. And I'm a little worried it's going to take us a little bit to figure out how to be a family. But I'm not like worried, like scared. I just know we might have to practice to get really good at it. Tears started to well up in my eyes and I had the biggest smile on my face. In awe at his composure as he spoke about something I rambled on and on about and couldn't get out. He just articulated it with such ease and confidence. When I looked over at him, he was just staring out the window with a little smirk on his face. And I told him, buddy, you said that just perfectly. Better than I did. Ditto. Once we were all at home, standing around the kitchen island for the first time, eating a combination of pizza and other random to-go food, we got out our cookies, every single one of them. And we put a candle in each one. And we sang our little family, happy first birthday. Thanks so much for being here. Please rate, like, share, and review so we can stay connected and continue this magical journey together.